hopefully on your way in this morning, you picked up a bulletin. Last Sunday was a big Sunday for us in the life of this young church, Heritage Church. Last Sunday, uh, we took this, uh, uh, we took a, a, a substantial first step towards making a dream a reality. In fact, we can imagine together what it might be like to take nine and a half acres that we own debt-free right here off North Broadway and imagine what it'd be like to have a home there. In fact, over the last several weeks, we have been in a message series that has been encouraging us to dream and to imagine what it would be like to have our very own home on that piece of property. We have been imagining and we have been dreaming and we have been beginning with the very foundation, the spiritual foundation of this church community. Because we're not building a building, we're building a home. And so last Sunday we took a very substantial first step. It was a Sunday called Foundation Sunday. And uh, in your bull, or at least on the front page of your bulletin, it shows the number that we were able to raise last Sunday. Our goal last Sunday was $25,000. We last Sunday had $66,955 towards our goal. God is good. And it is an incredible, um, it is an incredible um, uh, story to what God can do with a small group of people, right? Because this church is just barely a year old, and this church has big dreams and a big vision because of God's place in this community. Now, I need to let you know that it wasn't just a good Sunday, it was a very good week because the number in your bulletin is wrong. In fact, as of this morning, we have $71,358 in our building fund. So some, up, some more money came in, substantial amount of money, and we're now at 71000 If you will recall as well... That part of our Foundation Sunday and part of our now uh, growing building fund it was seeded with $25,000 out of our budget from 2018. And so, as of today, our building fund now consists of $96,358. Our goal was $50,000 to take the next step. And church, we have blown right by that and we are on healthy, solid ground for what comes next towards that dream of what can be. And we have been spending time in our, uh, in our uh, worship together thinking about the blueprints of what makes community, what makes church, church. And so we've been looking at, Jonathan, go ahead to the next slide. We've been looking at different blueprints to build up out of because, again, our goal is not a building. That's a dream, and that's a hope, but that's not the end goal, and that's not, even, uh, that's not even a major piece of what makes this community function. And so we have been challenged through Scripture of what it looks like paying attention to and imagining through the words and the actions of Jesus Christ. We have been looking at the blueprints that have been laid before us. His blueprints are graphic representations of what is to be built. They lay it out before us. They show you the things that you need to do and how to do them in a a big sense so that you can build what you want to build. 
And Jesus does this. In the life and teachings of Jesus Christ, He lays before us a graphic representation of what is to be built. Built in our individual spiritual lives, but also into the life of the community. And so this series, this message series, is way more than money in a building. It's more than brick and mortar. It's about studying those white lines of the blueprint that Christ has drawn for each of us and before this community to remind ourselves, to encourage ourselves, and probably most importantly, to challenge ourselves And last Sunday, on Foundation Sunday, we laid a financial foundation on a very solid rock. Because what we dream of comes from these blueprints from Jesus Christ. And this graphic representation that comes from Jesus Christ isn't simply something we look at and hope for. It is people actively pursuing what He tells us. It is community working towards the building of what God has laid before us. And so, these blueprints come in different forms in Scripture. And this morning, I want to look at, perhaps, maybe the more difficult of these blueprints. And I want to wrap up at least this version of our blueprints study this morning with perhaps the most challenging passage of Scripture. And it's in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Sermon notes are in the back of your handout. They're also in the YouVersion Bible app under More and Events, Heritage Church of Christ. And we'll be in Luke 9 mainly, but I also want to look at a couple of other passages here this morning. And all of that will be there on the screen and in the YouVersion Bible app. The words of Jesus in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. He said to them all, he's with his twelve, and he's also with those who are following the crowd amongst him. And Jesus speaks to the larger crowd, and he says these words, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Now, I'm going to get to the following verses, but we have to stop and pay attention to Luke chapter 9, verse 23, and actually understand to which what Jesus is telling those who are in earshot of Him. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. It's a good verse and one that you may have heard before, but it is also one of the more incredibly challenging verses, one of the more incredibly challenging statements of Jesus Christ. Because he tells those who are around him that to live the blueprint to which he is laying before them, they have to do a couple of things. And if we want to use some of the language of this particular study, let's think of it in this sense. That Jesus has laid before us the blueprint, but the blueprint can also, the graphic representation, also informs us of the materials that must be used. These white lines on a blue paper can be very informative because they can tell you not just how, but what needs to be used to build what is on the blueprint. And here's what Jesus is doing. Because out of Matthew chapter 22... You recall these verses. 
teacher of the laws before Jesus, and he asked the question in verse 36, which is the greatest commandment? In verse 37, Jesus replies to that question, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. See, what I think Jesus is doing, he's, he's in, in Matthew chapter 22, is stating that this is the most important thing God's people can do. Love God with all that you have and use that love to love other people. This is the blueprint to which he lays before us. This is the way life in the kingdom ought to be lived. God first, others second. And out of that, Jesus is now in Luke chapter 9 showing us the construction material needed to make Matthew chapter 22, the greatest commandment, a reality. It's before us. We see it. We know what it could look like. We have the representation. Now what must we do, Jesus? Well, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross every day and then follow. So, I'm a visual guy. I think in simplistic visual terms, and this is how I've been thinking about this this week. Um, I've been thinking about Legos. And when you have a pile of Legos, right, and you've seen this and you've stepped on them at some point in your life, but when you have a pile of Legos, you have nothing more than a pile of Legos. They are just blocks or bricks that are nothing when they are just in a pile. And that pile of bricks or Legos is not, well, it's not a house, it's, it's not the bat cave, it's not a rocket ship, it's not a car, it's nothing, it's nothing more than a pile of bricks. And it doesn't do anything except be a pile of bricks. But what happens when you start to put the bricks together? When you start building from the pile of Legos, you build something, right? And your imagination can take over unless you have a very uh, low bar for imagination and you need some instructions like I do. And so often, Legos will come with a graphic representation of what is to be built. Step-by-step graphic guide to what is to be built out of the pile of Legos. And the pile of Legos now becomes something more because the bricks or the Legos are being put together to build something that you know or want or see. And out of the graphic representation, what could be is now becoming a reality. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying that the greatest thing that anyone that follows God can do is love Him with every fiber of their being and then use that love to love other people. Well, how do you do it? Well, that's a pile of bricks, Jesus. Luke chapter 9. Deny yourself. Take up your cross every day. And then follow Him. He's taking the Legos or the bricks and He's starting to put them together. This is how you build this greatest command or build this kingdom-centered life, this Jesus-oriented life. 
And it goes all the way back to, and Jesus said this different times, but this has been the verse we've looked at over the last several weeks. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. This is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has said some very challenging things in this sermon. And He says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. In other words, those who listen are ones who are building from the blueprint with a solid rock foundation. Or we might even say a greatest command foundation. And so these pile of Legos, these bricks that are just a pile can be put together, but it is important for us to remember, especially in our individual spiritual lives, but most certainly in our communal life, that we need a solid base. We need a foundation. And those Legos, they can be built and they can have their construction, they can be put together to build whatever your imagination can hold, but without some kind of solid foundation, what will happen is what always happens when my son plays with Legos, they will break and they will fall and his father will step on them and be very upset. (laughs) These things happen. And we need the foundation to build off of. It's not simply to have the Legos. It's not simply to have the instructions. It is to have the foundation to which we can build off of. And this community is more than bricks and mortar and a hope to have a building off North Broadway. This community exists to love God, to love other people, and to do it in such a way that God is known first. How do we do that, Jesus? Well, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. So let's back this up for just a moment. Because Luke chapter 9, verse 23 is not in a vacuum. It's in a larger context. And I think it's important for us to kind of hear why Jesus says what He says in this moment. And I think that will give us a greater idea to how to apply this challenging verse to take these Lego bricks and to begin to build, so to speak, the materials needed. In the verses previous to Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus is with the twelve. He's alone with the twelve, and he asks a couple of questions to the disciples. The first question is, guys, who do other people say I am? And the disciples answer, because there's, there's different theories about who Jesus is out there. Well, they say you're one of the prophets. They say you're Elijah. They say you're John the Baptist reincarnated. There's a lot of different ideas of who you are. And the second question Jesus asked them is, what about you? Who do you say I am? Luke chapter 9 verse 20. And Peter answers this one. You're God's Messiah. Now what happens in Luke chapter 9 verse 20, 21 and 22 with the disciples here, What happens in these verses is that there is a proclamation. And in the Gospel of Mark, when this happens in Mark chapter 8, it's the first time Jesus is identified by humans of who He is. You are God's Messiah. 
You're the Son of God. You are the Savior of the world. And Peter declares that with energy and with passion like we've never seen from Peter before. He believes it, he knows it, and he wants it to be true. And he proclaims it in a big way. And then Jesus says what he says in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And again, I promise we're going to read some other verses out of that. But again, Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Now, the bookend to which this whole passage happens is Luke chapter 9. Let's pick up in verse 57. There's a lot of things that happen in between there, but there's there's not enough time for it all, and I really want to pick up this context. Peter makes this proclamation of who Jesus is, and now there's other people wanting to make a similar proclamation. And in verse 57, the text says this, As they, Jesus and his disciples, were walking along the road, a man said to him, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Well, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And then Jesus says to another person, Follow me. But that man replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, verse 60, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Verse 61, still another person comes to him and says, I'll follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, No one puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now, these are important verses, I think, to understand Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 26, because... What happens is, right before those verses, Jesus makes this, uh, Peter makes this uh, awesome declaration, proclamation of who Jesus is. And towards the end of this chapter, we begin to see other people in the crowd wanting to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ like the disciples have been for a while now. And Jesus seems abrupt, he seems terse, and he seems to push people away. The first man wants to follow, but Jesus tells him it'll be hard and it'll be a different kind of life. Another person wants to follow, and Jesus tells him, no, essentially, that you can't go do what you want to do. You've got to do what I'm asking you to do. And that happens to the third man as well. This abruptness teaches us something. And let's not miss it. You can proclaim all you want. But if you're not willing to walk down the path of the Messiah, your words are meaningless. You can say you want to follow, but if you're not willing to sacrifice everything, and think about some of the things that these people are asking Jesus in Luke chapter 9. Can I go bury my father? Can I go say goodbye to my family? And Jesus says no. Because you can say it, but until you are willing to live it, you can't be a follower. You're not a disciple. And this blueprint, this kingdom of God blueprint, this Jesus-centered life is more than our words. I think this is Luke 9. It's more than proclamation. 
Peter, you said the right thing, but now you've got to do it. You're saying the right stuff, but now you have to act. You got the right materials. You have a good amount of money in the bank now, but what are you going to do with this? What are the materials that you're going to use to build the cross-shaped life, the Jesus-centered life? Are you willing to sacrifice? Because I can tell you this, and it's more than brick, and it's more than a building, it's more than money. The Jesus-centered life, the cross-shaped life, will take it all. And you can proclaim and we can sing and we can say and we can be all hunky-dory and happy about it, but Jesus demands everything. And what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. What is He saying? You love God with everything. You can proclaim it, and you can say it, and we can be a church that says good things, that has good programs. We can be a church with good people, with good, decent lives that contribute to society, but until this community is willing to get on the road and sacrifice it all, we'll be nothing more than proclaiming in Luke chapter 9, verse 20. We'll say the right words. But will we, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, be people who deny ourselves? Take up the cross every single day. That's more than Sunday, I think. I don't think he says Sunday alone. And then follow him. Jesus continues in that passage. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, they'll save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them. When He comes in glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. You see this blueprint to which we follow this graphic representation that comes straight from Jesus Christ is a cross-first blueprint. And a church that wants to exist to love God and love other people must always put the cross first. And must always be a community that denies themselves. Must always, every single day, take up the burden of the cross. Then we can follow. Then the imagination, then our dreaming off of the solid rock of the wise person can live and become a reality because it's not our dream, it's not our hope, it is the dream and the hope of Jesus Christ. It's not about where we want to go, it's where the Savior takes us. 
And we cannot be simple consumers of something good that's going on here. We must be participants in this cross-shaped life. We don't get to demand what we want in community. We yield to one another. We can disagree, but we better yield. We don't have to like it, but we better yield to the cross. Community ought to be a place where the cross is not only at the center, the cross is at the forefront. This community ought to be a place where our preferences are always put aside because we look to the cross first. We look to others second. And so let's end this way. All of this to make this point. We can't simply say we're a church. We must act like a church of Christ. And not in some denominational thing. No. We've got to do more than just worship. We've got to do more than just come in here. We've got to do more than build a building. No, we've got to be a church that acts like a church for Jesus Christ. And that means sacrifice is demand. Because the cross demands sacrifice from all of us. This morning I was going to um, have my son, my six-year-old son, come up and talk about Legos. He's my big Lego guy. A little nervous. Didn't want to. A little and this is. I mean, think I, I'm nervous every Sunday, and I do this every Sunday. And so for a six-year-old, this is a little intimidating. And so we decided, you know, it's, it's okay, we'll try it later. You know what? There are moments in our lives where that's okay, because the things before us may be really hard things and intimidating things. And there are seasons and there are moments in our life where we say, you know what? I just don't think I can do that. And I think that's okay when you're six. But there's a point where Jesus looks at us and he says to us, if you want to be my disciple, I know this is hard and I know this is intimidating and I know that this is not necessarily the way you would have scripted it out, but you're going to have to deny yourself. And you're going to have to choose the way of the cross every single day. Then, not only will you be a person, you'll be a church that follows in the way of Christ.